0: Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, May 19th, and we are continuing on with our division reset series on this episode the afc south we will break it down and look at division odds super bowl odds win totals what you should bet we're taking it from a gambling perspective that's typically what we do with everything on the show uh you can check out the nfc north coming soon and in the feed the afc west reset could the chargers provide value maybe if you're watching on youtube make sure to like the video and comment which win total you like the most in the afc south afc south is probably the uh One of the more intriguing ones and uh speaking of intriguing there's always an intriguing conversation going on with all things covered and on this week's episode three-time all pro patrick peterson and two-time super bowl champion brian mcfadden add another old school defensive back to their secondary with a they take on a little chat with Herb Edwards, Arizona State's head coach, discusses his return to college football, also covers his career in the pros, so the miracle at the Meadowlands, to getting traded as a coach from the Jets to the Chiefs, to you play to win the game, and much, much more. Download to follow All Things Covered wherever you find this podcast. Joining us now to talk about the AFC South,
1: fellow Canes enthusiast, Jordan Johnny. Jordan, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Will Brinson? That's right. I'm hunkering down here in my basement because Nashville is currently under a hurricane warning. I mean, oh. I know we both are excited about uh, the outcome of Game One yesterday. So let's go, Canes! It's a weird time to be in Nashville and be a Canes fan, but that was an exciting game. It's going to be an exciting series.
0: Yeah, t- tonight is the uh, is the the second game of the series. Should be extremely exciting. Uh, I have actually been on the Canes to win the the Stanley Cup before the season and called it on Twitter. So we'll see. How smart I can actually uh, look! Oh, actually, it turns out we are live. We are uh, we are live on. So t- so when I say tonight, if you're listening to the podcast, it's Wednesday, and if you're watching on YouTube, we're live right now. So if you're if you're watching on YouTube and you're hanging out, throw us your favorite win total in the AFC South as we move along. Remember, free agency in the draft is over. Schedule set, so we know everything about all these teams for the most part, besides injuries that will eventually happen. But you can get your wagers in now. You can go to williamhill.com or williamhill.us. Go to William Hill, find the football futures. You can get your bets in now ahead of time before these things start to really shift. There's always some value out there if you're willing to jump on it early. And we are going to start, you know, look, the division odds here. Colts, plus 100. They're the favorites, actually. Titans, plus 120. Jaguars, 9-1. to And the Texans, 20-1. to We start at the back, as we always do, Jordan, with the Houston Texans. Their win turtle, I don't ever see anything like this over under four and a half it's moved down 17 game schedule bear in mind 18 weeks the under is minus 135 their odds to win the AFC 80 to one their odds to win the Super Bowl 200 to one I mean I guess when you start maybe David Mills is their top draft edition I did nothing about the offseason that that the the Texans had is remotely inspiring do you see anything I – mean, do, do the Texans have a prayer – let's say somehow Deshaun Watson goes back as is ready week one. Maybe then they have a prayer and you have some value here. But otherwise, I just don't see how you can bet on anything when it comes to the Texans.
1: Right. You know, everything, of course, hinges on Deshaun Watson. But let's say he's even under center week one. Uh, this team is still entering a rebuild. So I don't think it's even a good flyer bet to bet on them to win the AFC South. When it comes to their win total, I mean – when we're doing this whole reset, everything hinges on Deshaun Watson. And to me, it seems like he's going to start the year on the commissioner's exempt list. So when I was doing my first initial kind of analysis of the schedule itself, I actually came out with a three and 14 record. And as you mentioned, the juice is on the under there. So that's where I'm leaning right now is actually toward the under. It's not going to be a very fun season in Houston.
0: Yeah, if I were going to, I don't think you can bet on the under right now because if you bet on the under, and again, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. It's it's a bigger unknown, frankly, than the Aaron Rodgers stuff, which we talked about in the NFC North Reset, which will come around soon. But if you bet on the under, you're inherently assuming that Deshaun Watson is going to miss, I don't know, six to eight games. Because if he only misses, let's say he just misses four games. If he plays 13 games, I'm not saying they're going to go, I mean, they can easily go five and eight in those 13 games, you know? And so I I don't think you want to bet on the under until you know that Deshaun Watson is going to be out, which is, it's just, it's unfortunate if you are trying to find an advantage here when it comes to the, the betting on the Texans, because the play would be the under. I agree with you. Just bet the under this team is not winning five games.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, talking about the juice on the under, you want to know exactly how much time Deshaun Watson is going to miss to try to get the best odds just for your bet in itself so I guess drawing the line at half the season is probably a good way to look at it but then again I don't think the Texans are necessarily on 0 and 17 watch that would be pretty remarkable but 14 losses is a lot of losses but at the same time I think it's very doable so I mean it's going to be an interesting kind of situation and scenario to look at the Texans made a lot of additions in free agency but the thing is they didn't make a lot of good additions in free agency <laughs> teams who are going to come in and make that immediate impact to to help coach Coley, uh, try to get this thing back on the right track in year one for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, David Cully is their, their head coach. He's a first year guy. He's an older coach. This is, you know, it's sort of a thing where he got the offer and there was no way he was going to turn it down. If you're fi- trying to find a strength about this team, I think the offensive line is, is probably the answer, I guess, you know, with Larry Tunsell there, uh, they bring in Marcus Cannon. Max Sharping was a second-round pick. Titus Howard, a first-round pick. I mean, they've at least invested in it. They have good running backs, and like David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and and Philip Lindsay. Wide receiver, their number two is Randall Cobb. That's not really inspiring. And defensively, there's some bigger names out there, but it just—they're all kind of cast-off former. Early round picks, Justin Reed, I guess you could say, is a is a, is a good player uh, there at safety, and, and certainly Whitney Merciless can rush the pass. passer. Zach Cunningham, a, a nice linebacker, but you know, without they were a stars and scrub roster before they lost Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, and now they are uh, forcing it. Like you're trying to force it, it, the idea that these guys are stars, and it's it's I just don't think it's the case. So I'm with you. I wouldn't touch anything here except the under on the win total. And I think the problem with taking the under on the win total is that if Deshaun Watson for some reason is cleared, then this team will probably find a way to win five games.
1: Yep, I agree. I think if you're a Texans fan, it'd probably be fun to bet the over just because you can. But if you're just a better and you don't have any tie to the Texans, this is probably a team – you don't touch here in 2021. And you, you went through some of their additions on all sides of the ball. I mean, if you ask me the, the best addition they made, it could be punter Cameron Johnson, right? I think he actually <laughs> signed the most expensive contract the Texans offered this offseason in terms of money each year. And I'm sure he's going to be used a lot, right? But Philip Lindsay's another in, an interesting guy. I think he can make an impact in, in both. Facets of the offense when it comes to running the ball between the tackles, uh, making the catches, trying to get the ball downfield. So, but again, you know, not not they made a lot of additions, but not a lot of notable ones that's going to help this team immediately.
0: Certainly, the Jaguars are a more interesting team. Urban Meyer will not keep them out of national headlines just simply based on Travis Etienne comments that are just being picked apart by the fantasy community and the, and the general football community at, you know, at large because he, he originally called Travis Etienne a third down back. And now is moving him sort of, you know, he's saying he's going to take all his reps at wide receiver, which has people all up in arms. In theory, he's going to try and make him the NFL version of Percy Harvin. We'll see how that works. The Jaguars' win total is six. Uh, the over minus one forty. Their odds to win the AFC are fifty to one. Odds to win the Super Bowl hundred to one. As I mentioned, they are nine to one to win the division. Top draft, uh, you know, addition, duh, Trevor Lawrence, but Travis e. and Fitz, and they picked up. Uh, Andre Cisco, uh, Walker Little, Tyson Campbell—they picked up some nice players in the in the second and third rounds. So you kind of have to like what they did. And then in, in free agency, Shaq Griffin—they brought in. They loaded up on cornerbacks um, in in free agency and in the draft. They also brought in Marvin Jones. They brought back Cam Robinson. You know, this is a team that if you squint, you I can kind of talk myself into a, a wager on them to win the division. Honestly, at nine to one just because I'm a huge Trevor
1: Lawrence guy and maybe urban Meyer can make it work in week one. Am I insane? No, you're not insane. I mean, whether you admit it or not, the Jaguars are a team that everyone in the NFL world is going to have an eye on in 2021. There's a lot of reasons for that. You brought up Trevor Lawrence, but also urban Meyer first year in the NFL. Is this going to be a good thing or a bad thing? It's almost kind of a polarizing subject at this moment in time, but When it comes to betting on them to win the division, I have a few friends that actually have already placed this bet. I like it as a flyer, but here's the thing. I'm not putting any money on it. I think it's too much of a flyer. We're going to get into it later, but I think the division is once again going to come down to the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. With that being said, the Jaguars, in my mind, are going to take a positive step forward. They're going to move in the right direction in 2021. When it comes to that over-under win total, with my initial analysis of the schedule, I actually had them going 7 and 10. And I think that you said there's a juice on the over if it's at 6 there or six i um, I'm going on the over there. I think 7 and 10 would be a good first campaign for Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. It really comes down to how – how good is Trevor Lawrence going to make the Jaguars in year one, right? We've seen quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes come in and automatically elevate this team as a status, not just the offense, the entire team and franchise. It can Trevor Lawrence do that? Absolutely. So that's why it might be worth a flyer. I still think it might take a year before the Jaguars start competing for that divisional crown.
0: I, I don't I don't think that's I don't think you're wrong. I mean, there's a reason why they're nine to one to win the division, which is a long number. Anything above Frankly, five to one means you're a pretty long, a pretty big long shot to win a division. Their schedule is interesting, though. They open at Houston. I mean, that's a must win if you're taking the over on the win total or the division bet. Denver at home in week two. We'll see what Denver looks like. The Aaron Rodgers thing is up in the air, but without Aaron Rodgers, I think the Jaguars could, you know, find a way to beat Denver. That wouldn't be that crazy. Um, Arizona at home in week three. That's a tougher matchup, too, but not unwinnable at Cincinnati in week four is, oh, that's kind of winnable. Titans at home in week five, th- certainly they will not be favored in that game unless they start the season 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh. And then the Dolphins at home in week six, that is about as favorable as you can get for a team coming off the number one, you know, coming off the worst season in football. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go 5-6-0 and oh here before their week seven bye, but I can see them winning three or four games right there.
1: Absolutely. I think three or four wins is absolutely doable for, for this team. And, you know, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, but when you examine the roster on both sides of the ball here, there is talent there. So it, it might really come down to how urban Meyer utilizes that talent and like you said it might be really important when it comes to if you're placing a flyer bet on the Jags to win the AFC South how they start out that season that could be very important um, to this team's success and their ceiling here in 2021 so I, I'm glad you brought up that schedule because it is somewhat favorable there I mean they could even beat the Titans and that'd be awesome to get a divisional win under your belt uh, early on during this relationship with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer so I'm telling you man this is going to be a team that everyone's going to have an eye on Trevor Lawrence you know could end up winning the NFL offensive rookie of the year it's going to be interesting
0: after that bye at seattle buffalo at home at indy san francisco at home atlanta at home at the rams at the titans texas at home at the jets at the pats and then the colts if you're taking that over on six you better have you better have three wins before that bye
1: (laughs) that's a hard schedule after the bye that's very tough. I, I was looking over the AFC South schedules and having a matchup with the NFC West is, is abysmal. I think that's the toughest division in football. That's going to hurt you when you're looking at these over-under win totals for the AFC South teams. But like you said, I think three or four wins before that bye is doable. Uh, it definitely gets tougher after that bye week, as you mentioned, those teams. But there are some pockets there where they could scrape out a few wins. So I'm sticking with my 7-10 and 10 prediction. I'm going to go there.
0: Okay, 7-10. and 10. You like the over... Uh, I, if I were betting... I would I wouldn't have a problem betting the over on the Jaguars six, and I wouldn't have a problem betting the Jaguars sprinkling them to win the division if something if, you know things just go real right. I, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. Just saying, if there were a team that I would be interested in taking a flyer on on a long shot division winner, I think it would be the Jaguars. I cannot believe I'm saying that because I'm not even in on Urban Meyer, but I'm just that in on Trevor Lawrence and and Travis Etienne unless he's. A wide receiver slash third down back. Okay, Titans and the Colts are going to battle for the division. Who comes out on top? We'll tell you after the break. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
1: The Tennessee Titans,
0: frankly, Jordan, I'm kind of shocked that they're the second favorite to win this division. They're plus 120. Their win total over under nine and a half. The over is plus 140. The odds to win the AFC 18 to one. Odds to win the Super Bowl 35 to one. They lost a lot this off season, so I understand the consternation, perhaps with the you know with the Titans, but they bring in Caleb Farley in the draft with their first round pick who could be an impact corner right away or could just have have back problems right away. We'll see Elijah Molden. They sneered later in the third round as a nice pickup as well at cornerback. So hopefully they helped their uh, defensive backfield. They certainly helped their offensive line by grabbing Dylan Radnitz out of the the, uh, guy who blocked for Trey Lance at North Dakota state. And they picked up Monty rice, a linebacker out of Georgia free agency just wasn't kind to them. They lose Johnny Smith to the Patriots. They lose Corey Davis to the jets you know, they keep, of course, Ryan Tanner. I mean, not the right. They keep their part of their core, but the only real addition they made in terms of pass catchers to that, to the group that is now thinner is Josh Reynolds. And so after it's AJ Brown, and man, then it is thin as all get out. It's, it is very concerning. They brought in Bud Dupree who should help the pass rush. We'll see about that. Janoris Jenkins another cornerback as well in free agency. I don't, I don't, I don't love this defense. And Nico Altry, I should mention as well. I don't love this defense, but I think it could be better than last year's defense just because there's at least one or two pass rushers on there. Offensively, I'm, I'm worried about their pass catchers in a pretty big way, but I still think this team should be the favorite to win the division.
1: Yeah, I could agree with you there. I was not shocked to see the Colts in front. I think it was plus 100, plus 120. You can make an argument to switch to swap those odds, but it doesn't shock me. I mean, the offseason, as you mentioned, just in general, was not kind to the Tennessee Titans. And you mentioned the defense quickly. I think that front seven improved, but the secondary was the major issue on the defense, and I think that it got worse this offseason. You, you, you said they bring up uh, or they drafted Caleb Farley in the first round. Huge question mark. He's already missing – the rookie minicamp because of his back injury. We don't know how healthy he's going to be, if he can actually be a legitimate impact player in year one or at all for the Tennessee Titans. They released Kenny Vaccaro, starting strong safety. They're two starting cornerbacks. They didn't do a lot to make up ground in that area. So that's really the burning question for me when it comes to the Titans on defense is definitely the secondary. And then, of course, he brought up the offense. Losing Corey Davis and John Smith, two huge contributors to this offense. Of course, the Titans keep Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. They got Ryan Tannehill under center. That's great, but... You have to imagine that the losses of Corey Davis and Johnny Smith are going to hamper this offense's potential, right? Everyone knows the Titans want to set the tempo by using Derrick Henry to run the ball, control the game there. But when that doesn't work, and we've seen that in the playoffs a couple of times now, they need to open up things via the pass. And losing two of your biggest pass catchers is not good in that area. They tried to address it with Josh Reynolds, a couple of guys in the draft as well. But you, I think everyone could probably admit the Titans got worse in free agency as far as the wide receiving core goes. And that really could kind of be the X factor when it comes to the Titans' potential. So that's why I'm not very bullish on the Titan. I'm taking the Titans to win the division. I think we'll, we'll get into the Colts later, but obviously that hinges on Carson Wentz. The Titans could repeat as divisional champions. It wouldn't shock me, but at the same time, this team didn't get better in free agency. If you ask me, I, I don't. I, I don't know, and I'm missing something because there isn't anybody
0: that they've drafted with a high pick in the previous few years at wide receiver. Where they would say, "All right, this guy can be our number two behind AJ Brown." Like AJ Brown is a monster, a grown ass man. He is going to get two hundred targets. He might put up a fifteen hundred yard season, but he's also going to see a bunch of double teams because there's it's just him and Josh Reynolds. That's a yep. crazy plan, right? At least it was like him and Johnny Smith and Josh Reynolds. I'd get it, but Anthony there's is their only other guy. Am I am I missing something? Where John Robinson and Mike Vrabel? like this group of guys they've got better than than is there somebody on this group between um Ikini Westbrook Chester Rogers Des Fitzpatrick a fourth round pick Marcus Johnson Fred Brown Cody Hollister Cameron Batson um yeah mason kinsey Khalicia Lipscomb and Racy McCath who's a sixth round pick is there somebody in that group that I'm just completely
1: whiffing on where
0: they have a ton of ups I mean I don't get it
1: no, you're you're not missing anything here. Uh, and in fact, I'm glad you brought it up because I think the Titans kind of bungled the the wide receiver spot in the NFL draft. I mean, they were once sitting at number 85 overall and they traded down with the green Bay Packers. You know, the Packers took at number 85 was Amari Rogers out of Clemson. I would have loved to have an all ACC player who put up over a yeah. thousand receiving yards on the Titans roster, but instead they traded down. They got Monty Rice, the linebacker and then Rashad Weaver in the fourth round, a guy who's already dealing with off field issues later. They gave up a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick to move up for Des Fitzpatrick, a player that our guys and Ryan Wilson and Christopher Bassett, had going a full round later than he went in the NFL draft. So I think the Titans really, in my opinion, did kind of mess up the wide receiver situation, not only in just free agency in the offseason, but more specifically the NFL draft as well. Because, like you said, you named a lot of names there, but those aren't guys who are going to come in and catch the ball and make an immediate difference on that offense. I mean, those
0: are guys that I would definitely recognize on the street. <laughs> I mean, if they had a name tag on it, who's I mean, Chester Rogers? I would get, I'll, yeah. I'll be very curious. I just, I just don't, I don't see it there. Maybe Josh Reynolds just breaks out, and they don't have to worry about it. But man, it is very confusing what they did from a uh, betting perspective. I take it you would be off the Titans to win the division at that price. Would do you like the over the under there? The over they, they usually just win nine. They usually just go nine and seven. So I guess the question is, do they go nine and eight or ten and seven this year <laughs> with the new schedule? I would probably be more tempted given the division, because they you know, play the Texans twice, I think they probably split with the Colts and the maybe sweep the Jaguars, maybe split with them. With that division, I would be tempted to go over nine and a half with that kind of plus juice. But certainly that that's a lot of wins that they need, would need to have with that offense that we're so concerned about.
1: That's exactly where I landed. When I did my look at the schedule, I landed on 10 and seven with a potential 11 and six, depending on how it goes with the Colts. I think that's exactly the area I'm with on the Colts too. 10 and seven and 11 and six. So like you said, the juice is on the over there, which makes me lean that way. As you mentioned, the Titans have gone nine and seven for like four straight years before last season. So are they going to go nine and eight? Or are they going to go ten and seven? So I'll lean towards the over with you there.
0: Okay. Over there, I I don't know that I can get there on the Super Bowl odds. 35 to one is kind of interesting, though, if this – maybe they make a trade midseason for a wide – I don't want the one wide receiver or the wide receiver two to hold me back. But if something were to happen to A.J. Brown, he misses any time – I mean, I yay. This is you better hear, You better hope your defense is much better. You better hope you have a lead and Derek. You just lean on Derrick Henry because otherwise, I just don't
1: see it. I can tell you, Titans fans are pretty convinced that Julio Jones is on his way to Nashville. So maybe keep okay, that. In that
0: mind. would that would change things. Mm-hmm. That
1: would, if you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown,
0: if I mean, is that the is that the general feeling that Titans fans have? Because I know Breach thought that they were going to get trade for. Him.
1: It optim- it's optimistic, right? They're being optimistic. Uh, I guess that's the feeling. I mean, like you said, there's a huge hole at wide receiver there and uh, or those conne- the connection to Arthur Smith in Atlanta. People think that's something that can hopefully happen. So it's cautious optimism when it comes to the subject of Julio Jones in Nashville. The Titans don't have a
0: whole lot of salary cap space. It's the only problem. Right. I'm not sure how they're making this work for Julio Jones. Are they restructuring his contract maybe and low cap hit? I mean, I guess that would be the theory is... But it, uh, oh, I don't know, that, man.
1: Yeah, the cap's a myth anyway, so I'm sure they'll you know, find out if they really want to get Julio Jones.
0: <laughs> if they really want Julio Jones, they can figure out a way to get Julio Jones. That would dramatically change my outlook on the Titans. I think I know this sounds crazy because he's a wide receiver. I think if you put Julio Jones on the Titans, then the Titans become the favorite. Don't they? In the division? Yeah, like they like I think you would flip the Colts and the Titans. Titans would be like minus one twenty and Colts would be plus I don't know, one fifty maybe, or plus one twenty five, or something like that.
1: I would agree with you, I, and I they're, like they're not too uh, far apart right now as it is. So I would agree with you that it would flip it there. I mean, Julio Jones is a little older. I get it, but adding and bolstering that, yep. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Julio Jones. So that's not that's not a that's not a hot take to say that that move would make the Titans the favorite in the AFC South.
0: I will also on that lines. Let's you know if you're going to. I want to see what Julio looks like in a, in a Titans uniform. I'll try to Google it to see if there's out there. But <laughs> if you, if you like, if you think that, that that's going to happen, then you should put your Titans bets in now. Or conversely, as, we've said, uh, as we said, I believe we said on the AFC West too, if, you know, put something in your queue, you know, make sure you know where you need to go on your site. When you see a Julio Jones trade, go down. Because when it goes down, you're going to want to have the over it. Now, if you, if, you like the, if you like these bets that I'm talking about that I like, then to win the division, maybe a little dabble on the Super Bowl, and then, you know, the win total over. If you like those, those odds are going to disappear the second that trade happens, or within right. 10 minutes of that trade happening. So it, just know where you need to go when you see the news break. You turn on, Go to CBS Sports, you know, go to CBS Sports app, turn on all your alerts, and when that trade drops, you'll be able to fire it up, and you'll you'll have some good, you get some good CLV on that. The Indianapolis Colts win total ten under minus one thirty. Vegas is petrified of these; they don't know what's going to happen with these two. Teams. Odds to win the AFC thirteen to one, and odds to win the Super Bowl twenty five to one. A very, I think, surprising number for a team that. You know, t- took a huge downgrade at quarterback, a massive downgraded quarterback. Their biggest addition in the draft, Quiddy Pay, a, a the edge rusher out of Michigan, who they took with the 21st overall pick. They landed uh Deo Oda Ode- Bingo. Uh, possibly the guy out of the, the edge rusher out of Vanderbilt. And um I was sort have same Ellinger in this draft, but I I I don't I didn't love their draft particularly. But I, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. it, it just, I'm not never going to question a Chris Ballard draft. He he just does such a good job finding guys who end up being really productive players. or using those picks to get to get veterans. They brought back T.Y. Hilton in the offseason. They just picked up Eric Fisher uh, after signing Sam Tevi. That's sort of their solution at left tackle. And of course, they traded for Carson Wentz from the Eagles this offseason. season. It's it's, not, it's easy to like what they did in the offseason season, just in terms of. And brought back Xavier Rhodes. That was another big addition or a big, you know, bring back for them. It's not hard to like what they did. And I think they have a good roster. I just don't see the upside. I, the, uh, I guess the upside is there if Carson Wentz plays like he did in 2017. But if Carson Wentz plays like he did last year, this team could stink.
1: Yep, absolutely. And it's tough because. I mean, the Colts had they had a top 10 defense last year. They found a talented young weapon in Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they have a great offensive line, but everything hinges on the play of Carson Wentz here. I even like their wide receiving core. Bringing back T.Y. Hilton, who showed he had flashes, he had tread left on the tires towards the late stages of last year. They got high hopes for uh, Michael Pittman, the second year wide out. Uh, they kept Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell's coming back from injury. This, this roster is ready to compete right now. And depending on Carson Wentz, this could be a 6-11 and 11 team, or this could be a Super Bowl sleeper. And depending on which way you're leaning, that's where you should start getting your bets in now because it's it, they really could be the favorites to win the division, and they could be the easy favorites to win the division if Carson Wentz returns to form. But that is a huge question mark, and I'm not sure anyone knows what's going to happen.
0: I'm going to throw out that the play for the Colts is to, if you want to bet on them to win the Super Bowl or win the division, Assuming that everybody has access to midseason division odds now, and I feel like pretty much everybody does, even these local, these slappy locals put them up these days. The they open up with well, I guess you gotta decide how they're gonna start. They open up against the Seahawks and Rams at home, at the Titans, at the Dolphins, at the Ravens before hosting the, the Texans in week six, then going at 49ers in week seven, Titans in week eight, Jets in week nine. It's a lot of home games. Week 10 home against the Jaguars. Um, and then at oh man, this is kind of tough at Buffalo, Tampa Bay at home, at Houston before a week 14 bye. That's a, there's some good stretches, but that opening stretch, Seahawks, Rams, at Titans, at Dolphins, at Ravens. I don't think it's out of the question that they start the season uh, two and three, one and four, even 0 and five is not off the table with those three tough road games.
1: Yeah, what you just said really scares me. I mean, at Tennessee week three, then at Miami, then at Baltimore, you get that's a break versus brutal, Houston. But, man. Oof, that is that is really, really tough. And, you know, Seattle week one is going to be interesting. Maybe that's a game they could, they could uh, slip by. That Their secondary and their defense is going to be a big question mark. But the Rams are going to be probably really good with Matthew Stafford uh, in L.A. So, oh, man, that – You're right. I mean, we talked about with the Jaguars starting off the year is going to be very important when it comes to that team's potential. You can say the same for the Colts because Carson Wentz, I don't know if he's a guy that's necessarily going to stumble out of the gates and he's going to be able to rebound and then return to form and take this franchise uh, to the playoffs. If he struggles out of the gates, that really could be it for the Colts when it comes to your over-under win totals and also division odds as well.
0: Yeah, that would be my – I would guess that just because Carson Wentz is acclimating to – New teammates that maybe there's a chance this team starts a little slow, and you could get some value on them, you know, before they play the Texans in Week Six. Like, all right, now that they're fifty to one to win the Super Bowl or you know plus three hundred to win the division, you can jump on them then. Now, if they come out hot and they start the start of the season four and one, five and zero, oh, three and two. You're not going to have that value. And they could start at hops because Frank Reich's a great coach and there's plenty of good players on this team. That stretch of Titans, Jets, and, and Jaguars at home. I mean, they get the you know, the the at the 49ers is hard, but they have four very winnable games between week six and week 10, which where you know those odds could potentially shrink depending on what the Titans are doing. The at the Patriots at home, at Cardinals, Raiders at home, at Jaguars, they have a great closing stretch. So if you can possibly do it, I would want to bet division odds around week six or you know AFC odds, Super Bowl odds around week six. I think just because that is so tough out of the gates that you may potentially see them drop down to three to one, four to one, something like that, and you'd have more value. Now, again, if I'm wrong and they come out of the gate scorching and wince is back, they're going to shrink down to – you know, a fifteen to one Super Bowl team or ten to one Super Bowl team or whatever it is. And and then I'll you know, I'll have to answer for all of my bad bets at the end of the season that we're all the tights in the Jack
1: horse. No, I love that uh, game plan. I mean, I think that two and three would be a favorable start for the Colts. Just kind of looking at this schedule, let's give it. Let's give them a win against Seattle in the season opener. I'm giving them a loss of the Rams yep. at Tennessee. I think they're going to split, like we said. So maybe that's a loss at Miami. You don't know. Maybe Tua takes a step forward at Baltimore. I like. I like the Ravens in Baltimore there. So I love that, man. If, if you're if you're on the Colts, uh, you're going to get better odds mid season after that Week Five matchup for sure.
0: Yeah, the only way you don't get better odds is if the Titans completely tank out of the gate or the Colts go four and one in that stretch, even three and two. I I still think as long as the Titans are hanging in there, that it's going to be about even, you know, you're not going to, you're getting even money right now. They're not going to be minus 200 five weeks into the season. So maybe sit back and wait. And that would be my game plan. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to write something down about that. Make a a calendar alert for uh, Tuesday, October 12th. 2021 is that that's bet on the Colts to win the division if they're if they're if they're two and three or were uh, I guess uh three and worse than three and two so that that maybe that's the approach um man this division is
1: I, I so it's I, interesting I, right it's interesting
0: yeah the Texans are a disaster but the Deshaun Watson question lingers the Jaguars are have a lot of interesting things going on with them just in terms of the new new quarterback new coach and then the Titans and the Colts have these little weak spots where you feel like you could drag their whole team down, but if they figure it out or, you know, Carson Wentz is good, you know, all of a sudden they're Super Bowl contenders. This is a fun division. Uh, and Jordan, it's fun to talk to you, buddy. It was uh, excellent as always. We'll be back with more recaps. Thanks for the time, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you so much.